What's on tap for today? Etsy CEO saying now, now during COVID right after a crazy election, now's a great time to market now. Really? We'll ask a guy who knows Jason Harris, co-founder of ad agency mechanism is on money with friends. And we're going to dig into that on today's show. Welcome back to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement in Texarkana, Texas, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. I'm Jason Harris. Coming to you from? I always forget that part. <laughs> I am coming to you from Soho, my empty, my empty office where no one's coming in to work because they're all from home in Soho, New York, New York. There you go. Where he has a Jets helmet, he's the only living Jets fan left, I think. I named my second son Jet. Did you really? Little known story. <laughs> I did, yes. And I I have set him up for a lifetime of abuse. That's... I, I really should apologize to him for that. Well, I got to tell you, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, so I feel your pain, brother. It is, it is absolutely ugly. <laughs> this is the podcast where Jason and I are going to cover a recent story, this one from CNBC, ripped from the financial press. Not only do we dive into how it affects your wallet and what you can do to invest, save, and pay down debt more effectively, but we'll also share a big idea at the end of today's show you can take with you to be better at money the rest of your day, all in usually less than 20 minutes. Jason Harris joining us on uh for a second day after the day after the election hopefully jason by the time this thing goes live we will uh, know who our president is <laughs> we'll have some idea what the hell's going on here uh but we'll either have a president or it'll be tied up in the courts it'll be it's it, either way the good news is we're not going to talk about that we will talk about uh <laughs> etsy and etsy saying it's a good time to market let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off this discussion. Hey, this is Chris from Popcorn Finance. Headlines ripped from the financial press only at Money with Friends. All right, today's piece comes to us from uh, CNBC. It's written by Tyler Clifford. And Etsy CEO said that uh, we're going to keep being super disciplined about our investment. When he talks about his investment, it's his investment in marketing his company. He also said, this is a moment when Etsy's really top of mind for millions of consumers. And it's the perfect moment for Etsy to be leaning in and really investing in marketing. He said in a Bad Money interview, we're suddenly in the same breadth as brands that are 50 or 100 times bigger than Etsy, and we have the potential to be so much bigger than we are today, he said. Etsy doubling down on its marketing campaign. What's what's interesting to me about this, Jason, I guess just to kick off the discussion, is that on our show, we just had Ramit Sadi on Stacking Benjamins. He wrote a great book called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. He was talking about now is a great time to start an Etsy business. And there's so many people with COVID that are doing these businesses on the side because of Etsy. And you and I know, heck, behind me is something that I bought that's going to be hanging on a wall. A lot of people turning to Etsy now because we're living in this office that we thought we'd only use part time. Now is a great time for Etsy. It's a huge time. They're blowing up. They're, uh, I think, uh, with everyone at home looking for, you know, changing shopping patterns. Etsy is top of mind because it's it's got unique artisan, you know, three million people do designing unique unique work that you you know you can't find on on Amazon. So I think uh, Etsy took advantage of COVID in a really really smart way. What drew you to this piece initially? 
Um, I, I have a firm belief. Well, okay. So I run an advertising business and we have about 32 clients. And at the beginning of COVID, I was panicked about the state of the business and the fact that marketers, their first thing, you know, when companies are, are worried about the economy, one of the first nat nat natural gut reactions is to cut back on marketing and to cut spending. That's the first sort of line item to go. It's, it's sort of, cut, you know, cut down on costs because revenue is going to decrease. And it's usually, you know, staff, uh, marketing, communication costs, overhead. And to me, um, I was always looking around at, I, I believe that that's the time when you have to pounce. When, when more companies are out of the game, that's when you need to spend more in the game. Costs are down. So, you know, to advertise, it's less expensive and you need to be top of mind. So when the economy comes back, you're, you know, you've spent that money and that money starts to pay off months down the road. So I was trying to always find it when I talked to CMOs, con convincing them and persuading them through data and insights that it's important to uh, keep marketing going and maybe even double down and spend more. Well, you can. It's just like investing when you buy, you know, if you're buying mutual funds and the stock market's down, you're buying more for the same amount of money so that when they are, you know, goes back up, they're worth more. And to me, it's the same uh, cause and effect in marketing. Yeah, the analogy of be be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy, I think, I think plays, I plays well there. Um, it's, it's, it's funny. There's this guy, Dr. Tom Stanley, who had a book called The Millionaire Next Door, which you may have read, Jason. It's a book that talks about how. I have read that, yeah. Yeah, people that have millions of dollars don't look like they have millions of dollars, right? Little known fact, he also wrote another book for people trying to market to millionaires about how to actually reach them. And he said, don't go to the same place where everybody that you're competing is. So I'm a, I'm a finance guy. I worked for a big financial firm back in the day and worked with American Express, American Express could go, and let's just use the credit card division as an example, could go to the same place where Visa and MasterCard are. He said, that's horrible. Why would I go where my competition is? Instead, go to the place where my users are. Is there a way that you would encourage a company or a person to market themselves to kind of get away from the competition and to differentiate from everybody else? And then part of the reason I ask this, by the way, you and I had a conversation on Stacking Benjamins talking about um, about early in COVID, about how you didn't like the fact that all of these different companies kept saying, we're in this together. And it was this COVID message and there was zero differentiation. And, and you predicted very well that people were going to uh, tire of that message very quickly. Um, which yep. proved itself out. Westwood One, which were a part of the Westwood One network, had an internal meeting where they were telling everybody, don't do the COVID, we're in this together thing, because every study they had said that 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 people were very tired of it by it July. It wasn't effective, right? Yeah, 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 by July. Yeah. So how do we differentiate? As a, How do you differentiate as a company that's marketing? Sure. Or as an individual, as a, as a company? Well, so I, as, a, as a company, I think you have to, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, actually, I'm, I'm going to take both of those questions. <laughs> I'll take I'll take both. <laughs> so let's start off with a company and then differentiate as an individual. Well, yeah. So I think, um, you know, to, to differentiate. For, so first of all, I think uh, back to the macro point before I before I go there. Yeah. You know, spending more during a downtime 
is a great way to get quick brand awareness. And I, that, that's, that's the Etsy example came to mind, which is why I sent that. But there's two things, uh, two sort of takeaways um, of marketing during an economic downturn. And I think the first is uh, being top of mind. So when you're at the forefront of consumers' minds and they're, you know, it's frequency and awareness, and when you hear a brand over and over, like Etsy, if you start seeing a lot of Etsy ads, you think Etsy, uh, and they're top of mind when you go to make a purchase, either during COVID or, or past the pandemic. The second thing, so top of mind is one. The second thing is certainty. When you are advertising during economic downturn, you are showing to your audience that you are going to be around, that mm. you are here and you are successful and you are strong and sturdy. And so it gives during uncertain times when you're spending and advertising, it gives consumers a, a sense of, um, of, of leadership and strength for that brand. So to being top of mind and then conveying certainty are two really important factors. Um, and, and the third is you're getting uh, a lot of reach at a lower cost. So, so it's more efficient. So, you know, to being top of mind, projecting certainty and, and efficiency is why you should be cutting marketing uh, during a down, downturn. And I, and I did some, some further research that in the seventies, there's kind of two things that stick out in the seventies. Um, Toyota did a ton of advertising during the economic downturn of the seventies as a better, cheaper alternative. And that's really where Toyota sort of took off uh, and, and got a, a piece out of the American car market is they really advertise when the other car um, manufacturers stopped during a recession. And then in 2008, the last downturn, um, Amazon grew by 28% wow. because they advertised a tremendous amount during the downturn. And they also launched the Kindle. Now, I don't know the, the results of the Kindle has been a wild success. I, I assume it's been pretty successful, but they even launched a new product and a new way to consume books during uh, a downturn. So they even put out an innovation during the last recession. So that, those are two examples that stand out as big success stories, because obviously Toyota and Amazon are here to stay. And that those are the sort of um, during downturns is when they really really blew up. And so for me, I would, I would recommend, um, for all marketers. And obviously I have a horse in this race because I, I market for companies and I want them to spend money so I can employ my staff. But I also believe wholeheartedly that it's a, it's a great time to build, um, brand equity and brand awareness at a lower cost. So I encourage them to do it. What you need to do though, is not advertise around the the pandemic or the recession or what's happening in culture stick to your consistent message your core what makes you you why your company is different why your brand is different and hit that market or you know hit that uh, note over and over and over and that's going to build consistency for your brand don't talk about uh, healthcare workers or how much money you're donating to a cause or what your purpose is really talk to your, your core and, and what the company's all about. That's, that's the way to stand out during this time. Don't feed into riding the wave of, of topical information. Um, talk about an election, you know, talk, talk, talk about, uh, you know, things to do with your family when you're staying in really talk about your brand, like focus on the core, go back to the core. That's what I always uh, 
advise our companies to do? I think that there's, I, I think there's a lot of uh, takeaways there. Cause I told you, I was going to ask about on the personal side too, standing out, but I think it's very much the same. I think as I'm listening to you talk, I think not only should I do my job at work, but I should advertise people that I'm doing my job, especially now, Jason, that most of us are working from home, you know, proximity is, is a big thing when it comes to raises and promotions, like just seeing you around makes people think that you're doing something study show. So I think marketing the fact that you're doing things becomes very important in any organization for people. That's exactly right. Yeah, definitely. You have to internally sell and persuade and tell the company what you're doing in order to sort of um, stand out and be successful. And that's even more important now because the proximity game is gone, as you mentioned. Yeah. Be, be, be somebody who's, who's a yeah. friend. Like we were talking about yesterday, those handwritten notes you talked about, I think become even more important when we're, when we're not together. Um, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the last piece that I wanted to, to, to ask you about just starting a business now, not just marketing a business, Jason, but starting a business now, starting your Etsy shop. What do you think about now is the time to start your business? Is it the same, the same thing? Now's a great time to do it because so many people are fearful. I think it, that's exactly right. I think now is the time when you have extra time and you're, you know, and you're trying to figure out maybe what's next for you, or maybe you, you, you have that side hustle you've always been thinking about, but never really capitalized on. Now is the time uh, to use those extra hours to to you know launch uh, that store in Etsy. You know, create that uh, sauce you want to sell to friends. Create that you know start on that book you wanted to write. Uh, whatever it might be, now is now is absolutely the perfect time for change. I always think of during downturns and recessions, and I've never been through a pandemic. I missed the Spanish flu by. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, 50 years. <laughs> thank <laughs> so, goodness. Uh, but yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> but I think that, you know, we, you know, as, as a company owner, uh, we use this time to, to reposition the company and pivot the company. Um, whereas if we were just coming in every day and doing the hustle and the grind, we wouldn't have that extra time to reflect. And it's very hard to do because there's a layer of anxiety. There's a layer of, of the unknown. People are fearful. That's exactly the time when you need to change uh, and make a move and, and you know, start your side. I always I believe in side hustles. I encourage people at my company to do side hustles. It keeps you sharp. It keeps you frosty. It keeps the entrepreneurial spirit alive. It isn't a, a zero sum game where you have to quit your job to start your Etsy shop. Right. You know, you can you can keep your keep your job, start your side hustle until it blossoms and grows and then make the transition. There's never been a better time. I used to come down differently on that. I used to think that if you had a side hustle, it was a waste of time. Why wouldn't you use that same time to sharpen the saw on your main job? And then talking to Austin Cleon, I don't know if you know Austin and, and stealing like an artist, but that's a guy, no. Jason, who I think is right up your alley. That, oh, I do have that. I do have that book. I have that book. Oh, yeah. it's fantastic. Like black and white flip book. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. his approach to life, and we've talked to him on Stacking Benjamins, is that getting yourself out. And he said, I'll I'll be playing guitar and I come up with an idea that informs my main thing. So don't get rid of, don't become this one, one note person. So I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you now have the side business. And as a business owner, I used to vehemently resist that. I used to say, you know, I, I'm paying you a nice salary. Right. We're here to work. 
if you if you have ideas to improve our business, we'll take them. And I shifted that a couple of years ago when I realized you can't go against the tide and you need to lean in and let people uh, be themselves. And 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 that entrepreneurial spark that they have, you want to uh, you know, you want to highlight it and, and, and let them do their thing because it's going to make them a more productive person when they're working with you and it's going to make them sharper. And so I encourage it. We, we even have, uh, we, we encourage people to enter, um, their ideas into a, you know, side hustle award. We do a lot at the company to, um, enforce that. And, and, you know, the longer you resist things that are naturally going to happen, the worse off you're going to be, you really have to encourage it and let the chips fall where they may and hope that they do so, uh, well that they, can quit the company. That's a success for you because you've you've helped another entrepreneur start something. Yeah, and they'll never forget that. They will. They will never forget that. I always wonder why why people's becoming a whole different discussion. But I, but I always wonder why people who are in yeah, yeah. management positions try to hold people down instead of letting them blossom because they will always take you with them. That's and true. you end up with people at different companies that support you. And next thing you know, you're you've got these relationships because of the people around you. Hey, in just a second, Jason, and I are going to have our takeaway. That's exactly right. We're, we're going to have our takeaway from today's uh, show. But first, want to say a big thanks to everybody who's used our link when you've used NordPass. NordPass locks the passwords and you hold the keys. You can store all your passwords in a single place and log in with your favorite website and apps with one click. With NordPass, access your login credentials on any device, even when you're offline. Got a message from NordPass uh, just a few days ago that NordPass has a huge sale going on, 70% off currently on NordPass, and that's only lasting four, according to this clock, another 25 days. So get the deal, head to nordpass.com forward slash MWF, 30 day money back guarantee. You're going to get an extra month free and 70% off. Give yourself a nice gift uh, for the holiday at uh, nordpass.com forward slash MWF. Jason, what's our big takeaway from today's piece about uh, Etsy and marketing? I think my, my big takeaway would be it, it, it's a, it's a old cliche, but when everyone else is zigging, you should zag. And that is what I would say is, is pump, pump into marketing when everyone's turning away from it, because you're going to gain market share at a low cost and you're going to stand out to your, to your customer. I just think, uh, uh, because that's, I mean, my takeaway is no different than yours. Uh, my takeaway then will just be an add on to yours, Jason, which is, which is that, uh, uh, Thinking as a contrarian works so often. If I think about what the herd is doing, just th- and it doesn't mean you always have to act in a contrarian way, but always think about if everybody's fearful right now, what should I be doing to stand out is always a great thought. And I found that over time, back when I was a financial planner, I, 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 I learned that a lot. Whenever the stock market went down, my clients would panic and I would be excited and they couldn't figure out why I was so excited. And by the same token, when my my clients were high-fiving me because everything was up a ton. I was worried as all get out while they were high-fiving about how brilliant we were because I knew there was another shoe that was going to drop. So thinking contrarian, right. I think, is a skill that will will help you for a long, long period of time. And I, if I can draw one more parallel there, because um, I, I love the contrarian idea. And I would, you know, if we classify that as the power of standing out, it ties back to earlier in the show when you said, you know, how should an individual or a company think about branding? 
And it's all about we it's all about the white space, right? It's always about the white space. So when we're yeah, I have a I have a pitch uh, later later this week, for example, we will map out the competitive set on a board of what those brands stand for and figure out the areas where no one is. That's where we want those brands to go. We want those brands to be in the white space where no one else is. And that's the power of, of standing out both in building a brand and building your individual brand. And then also in marketing during times when no one is, it's the same as buying, you know, stocks when everyone's selling. And so uh, the power of standing out is, is, uh, is, yeah, that's the contrarian success story. Man, I love that in the white space. I am going to steal that from you, my friend. Uh, uh, before right, we go, before we go, I, I heard a rumor that you have this awesome book that actually talks about standing out and about the soul for art of persuasion. It's true. It's called the uh, soulful art of persuasion. It's on Amazon and at my website, the soulfulart.com. And the four main principles are being original, which is all about standing out, about being generous, having empathy and being soulful. And uh, yeah, standing out is, is the fundamental building block for any success. And, and one of the big takeaways for me, just overarching when I read the book, Jason, was that was that this idea of negotiation and persuading people is not about shoving stuff down people's throat at all, which is, by the way, when people think about persuasion or sales or marketing, that's the first thing they think. And that's the first thing, in my opinion, it seems to me that's the first thing you're against. Absolutely. And that is the tension in the title of soulful persuasion, because persuasion inherently is a dirty word. It sounds like you're trying to get one over on someone or convince them of something when really uh, the soulful part is doing it in a, in a collaborative way, trying to inspire people and trying to, you know, get people to, to do what they're naturally want to do anyway, but you're doing it in tandem with them and you're, and you're collaborating and you're playing the long game. You're not doing transactional sales. You're not going from sale to sale, to sale, to sale. It's about relationship building and playing the long game. And that's, uh, that's how you persuade people over time. So such a great message. Soul for Art of Persuasion available everywhere and uh, at uh, Jason's website, Soul for Art of Persuasion. Hey, Jason's going to be back in a month. Bobby and I are back tomorrow, though. We'll see you guys back here at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. Show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.